The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV, Channel 13, San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC, Channel 13, Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Station KB-TV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on Station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from, five, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Labam on August the 4th, 1923 and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The greatest love one person can receive is God's love. It was His love for all of mankind which took Him to the cross of Calvary, where He became the sacrificial lamb for the whole world. He is our Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the soon-coming bridegroom, the author and finisher of our faith. 
The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hong will sing for us his uplifting song titled Rise and Be Healed. Accompanying them will be Edith Matsuki on the piano, Iris Lach on the organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Today is the day of salvation because tomorrow is not promised to us. One must be blood washed, water washed, spirit filled and living the life in order to be raptured. So open your heart to Jesus and he will seal you with a sacred vow of everlasting life as promised. This morning our church band under my direction will play for you this encouraging song entitled, The Time Is Now. Thank you. 
God is omnipresent and omniscient, and knowing this allows us the ability to trust His will, His word, and His timing. Faith believing is what we need to follow Jesus. Listen to the voice of our soloist, Seneca Rose Han, as she sings for us this uplifting song entitled, Wherever You Are. Accompanying her will be Tiari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Locke on the drums. Salvation begins with hearing and believing in the Word of God. Then comes the acknowledgement of sin, followed by repentance, then acting upon one's faith, because faith without works is dead. Once again, we'll have our church choir sing for you this inspirational song titled, Then Jesus Came. Oh, me, me, me. 
blessed with a trumpet ensemble as they will play for us this upbeat and heartening tune entitled the royal telephone what is the royal telephone you ask it's a clear line to our lord and savior jesus christ no business signals and no being put on hold you just call him and he'll pick up every time so give jesus a call today viewers he's anxiously awaiting to hear from you
beautiful and consoling words of our next song, sung by husband and wife duet, Associate Pastor Marvin and Shirley Nabing, entitled Rock of Ages, will inspire you to cling to the cross upon which Jesus died. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful psalm to Mrs. Jerry Grant of Oahu, Hawaii. May the Lord continue to pour out bountiful blessings upon you, Jerry, pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday. i 
Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services start on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlaw in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esperi in Baluga Peak, Hawaiian, and by Pastor Vesper Esperi in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you aware, TV viewers, that the name of Jesus is above all other names in heaven and earth? Thus, one way the apostolic faith, Mother Church, and its branches have lifted the name of Jesus is through their signs situated above the rooftops of every lighthouse or main structure of worship. We say, Jesus coming soon. In every telecast message and every sermon preached at our churches, we never fail to exhort the name of Jesus and it's a necessity in fulfilling the only correct, true, and complete way to salvation as planned and commanded by God. It is my heartfelt desire that today's sermon entitled, Man's Greatest Need, will lead and guide you to believe the gospel and reach out to Jesus. Our individual views about the Word of God is of a grave concern. When we surrendered our hearts to the Lord, we gave up our individuality that we might become a part of many in the body of Christ. With a new frame of mind and heart, we were able to learn the meaning of humility. 
we observed our efforts at self-preservation turn into caring and compassion for others. What's more, we willingly gave up something of ourselves in an effort to bring others to Christ. Certainly, if we pray as Jesus did with sincerity and grave concern on the night he was taken prisoner, or as earnestly as Paul, whose heart was stirred and in response prayed for his converts, we would probably experience a revival that is so much needed in these untoward godly times. We ought to pray for a revival and say to the Lord, let it begin in me. Therefore, as we observe believers taking the road that leads into sin, we ought not to say, it couldn't happen to me, but commit it unto benevolent prayer and ask for strength that we might not do the same. The information found in the Bible has no boundaries regarding where it can be applied. If we are unable to find an all-inclusive thou shalt not, it is then with much prayer and supplication that guidance is sought by the Spirit, such that a decision can be made that will not be contrary to sound doctrine and intent of the Scriptures. Let us read in Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Whereas the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. The new life Jesus lived and preached of serves as a pattern for us to follow. Experiencing the epitome of the adversity and overcoming them all reassures us that with Him, all things are possible. It is of the utmost importance that believers improve upon the faults experienced by those mentioned in the Bible. Whether circumstances involve Jews or Gentiles, these are lessons to be learned by the present-day Christian. The very foundation of our relationship with the Lord is found in Matthew 22, 34-40. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in thy law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Yes, the word of God serves as a constant reminder to us. As Jesus stated in 1 John, the fifth chapter, verse, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. There are rewards which include a crown of righteousness in heaven, prepared for all those who love him. A solid foundation was laid and served as the basis wherewith all believers are to build upon. Such a foundation was sought after by the darkness of night that became so significant in the life of Nicodemus. Troubled by the spiritual climate, he decided to seek out the Lord Jesus by night. It was important to him that he speak with Jesus about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. After all, he thought he was living a good life, being the best he could be for the Lord. However, the unrest within him 
caused him to realize that what he practiced and exercised may not have been enough to please God. I ask you the same question. Are you comfortable with what you have after hearing the gospel of the kingdom of God? Listen very carefully as you read in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Salvation begins with hearing and believing in the word of God. Then comes the acknowledgement of sin, followed by repentance, then acting upon one's faith, because faith without works is dead. The conversation continues in verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? In John 3, 5, it reads, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the 6 to 7 verses, it also reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There are many interpretations of how one can be born again. And as the head pastor, I have heard them all. The controversy that surrounds the necessity of water baptism can only be resolved by the scriptures. The point of the matter is Jesus set the pattern of good works when he was baptized by immersion in the river Jordan by his cousin John. He says, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us fulfill all righteousness. Just imagine, Jesus was so concerned about whom he created, such that he made the path very easy to follow. He simply said, watch me, this is how you do it. However, mankind will find it difficult to accept. Let us read in Luke 12, 49 to 53, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straight until it be accomplished? Sending his son to earth to be the savior for Israel and all of mankind expresses God's love. However, God anticipated division, schisms, controversy, and persecution. Amongst the Lord's own countrymen, there existed a division between the sects of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. Surrounding nations had their own beliefs and cultivities. Nevertheless, he was firm or straightened about his purpose and proceeded with his plan, knowing what lay ahead. In other words, the gospel had to be preached. We continue reading verse 51. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on the earth? I tell you, nay but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, and the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Yes, viewers, the gospel you are hearing this morning should be thought-provoking for you. If you are not saved in the manner Jesus requires to be, perhaps you were taught to worship in such a manner as your parents or relatives did. But now, after hearing the gospel of the kingdom of God, divisions may arise amongst family members, just as you have read in the scriptures. 
Will you follow Jesus today while he's calling? Peter answered the multitudes in Jerusalem who inquired about the salvation being offered by the resurrected Christ. As you read in Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the baptism Jesus preached about, stood firmly for, and participated in. Having been spiritually prepared in the days prior to the crucifixion, Peter now stood filled with the Holy Ghost, willing to impart an unbelieving world without fear, the mysteries of godliness and the mystery of iniquity. Sin is what separates men from God, and there is only one way that sin can be eradicated from the nature of man, and that is only done through the name of Jesus. Further confirmation is found in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus, the answer for mankind. Won't you consider this morning to work out your salvation and be found closer to the Lord than you have ever been before? Taking these initial steps of salvation is the beginning of being the best you can be for the Lord. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Passages in the Bible bear record of this fact through various circumstances believers faced. If they were in battle, we are informed of their victory. If on the other hand, they were overcome, we are told why. We are able to read of instances of faith and what happened when faith was exercised. Though oftentimes we only have a word of promise to embrace, Jesus tells us, how great is thy faith. When we have withstood the storms of life successfully, or when we have need of physical healing, we can find comfort and relief in Jesus, knowing that even in death there is victory. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, we read, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is then for us good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. A beam of a flashlight is insignificant if used during the daylight hours. However, that same flashlight when used at night provides a sense of security, safety, and comfort. So it is with our lives in this darkened world of sin. Have you considered why the Lord referred to the believers as salt and light in the parable? The physical properties of salt makes it a very good preservative. Presently, every true born-again Christian is a preservative in this world. Because of our faith and good works, the wrath of God is temporarily being withheld. During this dispensation of grace, souls are being given an opportunity to be saved. This opportunity is presented to them by those who will take the initiative and carry out what they have been commissioned to do, such as is with the television ministry that you are viewing this very morning. Another significant instance where salt was used is when Jesus spoke of the last days and for the believer to stay clear of the world and its influence. He said, remember Lot's wife? While escaping the judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife, disobedient to the divine command, looked not behind of thee, 
lingered back, probably longing for her home, friends, earthly positions, and the previous life. As a result, she turned into a pillar of salt. Therefore, what is being preserved throughout the ages is that we must forsake the world completely and keep God's commandments, lest we lose our reward of eternal life. The scripture tells us in Luke 9, 62, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. To be successful in the world, viewers, you know it causes you to deny the Lord of your time, talent, and substance. On the other hand, if you choose to put Jesus first in your life, curtailing the ties with the world will be second nature, and miraculously everything else will fall into its proper place. We should not resent the toilsome work because the sacrifices we make today are so minute in nature when compared to the reward that is in store for the children of God. We also refer to as lights in a dark world. Unfortunately, we are not born with this light, but in fact, it is a learned and awe-inspiring behavior. The demonstration of the light of Jesus Christ can be observed through a faithful believer. When we say that person is walking in the light, his conduct, lifestyle, and behavior in this life glorifies God. Being the best we can be for the Lord requires us to keep his light in a visible and prominent place. It should be displayed where it can be seen. Just as salt is worthless, should it lose its savor, so it is with the light of Christ being emitted from within us. It is of no use if it can't be seen. Living righteously and God-fearingly is not intended to draw attention to ourselves, but for the sole purpose of praising God and drawing men to Christ. We, true born-again believers, can make a difference in this world if we make the commitment. What is seen above all the worlds, one could ever say, is the kind of example we are. Weathering all that comes our way for righteousness' sake may bring someone to Christ one day. Let us read in Philippians 2, verses 15 to 16, that it may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The desire of the apostolic faith church is to see souls baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, then living a life above sin until Jesus comes again. I have seen many come and be baptized. I have seen babies grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and in turn have become committed adults to the furtherance of the gospel. This is a great reward in itself, but to see the saints whom God has saved complete the race with a strong finish will be the greatest reward in my career. Paul said it first, that I have neither run nor labored in vain. Our fervency for the word of God refutes any doubts that may be cast upon the truth. Be that shining light for Jesus, bearing the blood-stained banner in a crooked and perverse nation, I believe in molding the heart of man then the outside will take care of itself. A superficial expression of faith indeed becomes a mockery to the truth when the tests and trials come. What did Jesus mean when he said in Matthew 5.20, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Christian service is not burdensome if it is done with love. Remembering we were once sinners as well, 
but are now saved because He first loved us should prompt us to express compassion to others who need Him as well. We, what we must avoid is the character of the Pharisees and scribes that is so often described in the scriptures. Selfish, prideful, and holier-than-thou attitudes have no place in Christ's service. What is needed is generosity, prayerfulness, concern, compassion, forgiveness, patience, faith, honesty, integrity, loyalty, and humility. Jesus went about doing his Father's business, fulfilling spiritual needs, and feeding hungry souls. He did not discriminate against those who oppose what he had preached. Knowing that adverse hearts would continue to harden steadily, he nevertheless included them in his talks and accepted invitations into their homes. As far as Jesus was concerned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Such was the case of the Pharisee named Simon. He invited Jesus into his house for dinner, not knowing how great an impact his dinner would have upon his spiritual life. As Jesus reclined towards the table to eat, a woman who lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was there and proceeded to Simon's house, bearing an alabaster jar of ointment. Upon her arrival, she immediately began to weep at the feet of Jesus. With her hair, she wiped her fallen tears of joy and gratitude from his feet and kissed them before anointing them with this costly ointment. It was apparent that Jesus played an important part in her life. We do not know who she was or what sins she committed, but in spite of her sins, Jesus still loved this woman. Her appreciation for his love, forgiveness, and guidance swelled into an uncontrollable, spontaneous reaction to the others who sat by and observed which included Simon, the Pharisee, the host of the dinner, it seemed so undignified and contemptible. But what was displayed puts respectable people to shame. It was an ultimate illustration of humility and devoted adoration at the feet of her Lord. We read in Luke 7, 39 to 40, Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, meaning Jesus, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There Simon was leading a treacherous assault on Jesus. In thought only, imagine how the convicted and conscience-smitten Simon felt when Jesus was able to hear his very thoughts. How else could he respond other than to say, Master, say on. Here we are able to see the loving devotion of a repentful woman against the cold, rigid, and flaunting display of self-righteousness. Jesus exposed Simon's boastful heart with a parable of two men who were in debt to a creditor, one owed 500 pence and the other 50. When the creditor realized they had no money to pay him, he canceled the debts of both. Jesus asked Simon, now which of these will love the creditor more? Simon responded confidently, the one that had the larger debt, of course. Jesus responded, 
thou hast rightly judged. Then Jesus referring to the woman told Simon, since I came into your house, you gave no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since arriving has not ceased to kiss my feet. You have not anointed my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with precious ointment. Therefore, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Jesus mildly and tactfully rebuked Simon for his behavior. Simon had no sense of forgiveness or of compassion because he did not consider himself a sinner and therefore did not need forgiveness or love in return. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. To close another hour of sweet fellowship, we have the church band playing for us this song entitled, Victory in Jesus' Name.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.